I'm starting a safari ranch. This is my main attraction. I need a, you know, a scary animal. Scary? Yeah, that's what the tourists pay to see. I don't think this cat's scary enough. I'm not paying top dollar for an animal that doesn't scare anyone and doesn't know any tricks. Now, maybe if I'm paying less, say 5,000 less, Mr. Gavinaugh, the only reason we are talking is because last month this cat attacked a circus horse while 300 of your tourists ran screaming for their lives. Chased her down, did he? Went 16 feet over a cage, past 11 other horses just to get to this one. Silver Dollar was her name. He broke her spine so that she couldn't move, and then he ate her alive. You ever heard a horse scream, Mr. Gavinaugh? You, you want to know why he went after that one? Because she was the pretty one. And you're right, Mr. Gavinaugh. This cat, he's not scary. He's evil. You're listening to the Buzzkill Podcast. Welcome back to the Buzzkill Podcast. It is episode 103. A deep space catastrophe. <laughs> uh, what's going on, guys? I'm Mike. I'm Jim. And I'm Justin. And if you have no idea what a deep space catastrophe is... Just, uh, <laughs> just wait. <laughs> uh, last week, we picked a... Uh, it was uh, when we rolled, we did the, the beer picks the movie, and we already had the beer courtesy of uh, Michael's brother. Yep. Uh, and we'll get into that later. We will. And so we... I guess I could kind of explain it. Nah. Nah, never mind. Nah. We'll get into that You people that are just going to have to wait. Yo. <laughs> What's so going on, gentlemen? How are you? Good. How you doing? Good. I what went on you... a boat yesterday. I also went on a boat no. yesterday. I, oh. did, I did not go on a boat <laughs> yesterday. You're not invited, Jay. <laughs> we went out yesterday, made friends with a duck. We did. Several ducks, actually. Uh, it was yep. kind of weird. Yep. I fed it. I don't, know if, I don't know if you should feed a, a duck flaming hot Cheetos. Listen, I, I I dipped it I dipped it in my mouth and got all of the uh, the flaming hot. I literally I, I sucked the flaming hot stuff off of it, so I think it was okay. So now the duck just has syphilis. <laughs> well, a shot in the ass. Totally fine. Um, what else has been new? It's been going on this last week with you, gentlemen. Uh, not a whole lot. I always it's funny. I I usually try and think of what I've been doing, and I usually come up with a couple things to talk about. And then once we're here, sitting here, I can't remember anything. So, oh, my life is just a blur. Either that or it's super boring. I don't know. Probably probably maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What have you been I had up a, to? I had a pretty good weekend. I uh, I went to go see Wicked. Oh which yeah, which was. Uh, Fantastic. It was wicked, man. It was super wicked. It was wicked awesome, all right? Uh, I would say, so um, this was off-Broadway, which yes. means it didn't feature the... Adina... <laughs> the the non-talent of Adina <laughs> Menzel. 
I, uh, I, oh, I don't like you're her. You're probably going to get people upset at you about that. Well, whatever. I agree, though. I, I think Adina Menzel's voice is grinding, yeah. personally. I don't I, like it. The, so. I, the, the commercial for Wicked that featured her voice always made me laugh because there was there's <laughs> one part at the end that just was completely... It was, like, flat. It was so flat. And I was like, that doesn't sound good. Why would you put that in the commercial? <laughs> and then I... I uh, um. I've seen Frozen like a hundred thousand times, you know, yeah. because I'm a, a dad, and she's just not like. I don't. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. What's, like what's I don't the care other for uh, Kristen Bell. Kristen mm-hmm. Bell's a way better singer in that movie mm-hmm. than she is. Mm-hmm. So whatever, come at me if you want to. If you want to argue, but <laughs> come, come at me, bro. <laughs> come at me, bro. Um, yeah, no, I went to go, went to go see that. Had uh, had amazing tickets, absolutely amazing tickets. Where'd center, you sit? Center box, box seats. Center of the theater. First two seats in the box. Really. I could not ask for better seats. How do you, is that re- like right where the speakers converge? All um, the sound converges. Right I mean, there? maybe, but it's like a dead. It's a, it was a dead-on shot of the, of the stage, though. And How'd you get those just, tickets? The lady friend came through. Oh. She got them for me for my birthday. So uh, what a doll. I I I, I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it was real real good time. I also crossed something off my bucket list. What's that? I finally had steak tartare. Oh. I'd never had it before. I always wanted it. Mm-hmm. I dream of it now. It was so good. It was so, Jay. You should try it. No. <laughs> you could have. Uh, I, I always forget the names of these things. Almost meat. Almost steak uh, tartare. Beyond meat. Beyond, beyond steak tartare. <laughs> beyond tartare. <laughs> uh, no, it was absolutely incredible though. Uh, have you ever been afraid to try it because it's raw? It's raw meat basically. But oh my god. I'll eat anything. It's raw. the steakiest steaky steak steak you'll ever have in your mm. life. I just I I, I do don't like steaky steak steak. I, right? Who mm-hmm. doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was a good weekend though. I, uh, had cool. A lot of fun. What about you, Jay? What have you been up to? Oh, had a had a fun weekend. Played uh played the old Dream Cruise, the Woodward Dream Cruise, the biggest car event like in the world. You got to play in the rain too. We did. It was pouring like it was pouring on Gavin Rosdale playing Glycerine at Woodstock '99. <laughs> oh, oh, oh man, after my own heart, <laughs> man, it was like the it started downpouring. The rain started blasting in, and then like midway, three quarters of the way through the set, when Rich was doing a song for mm-hmm. acoustic for his uh, friend that passed away, he wrote a song specifically for him, mm-hmm. who's buried like a mile away from there, a couple miles away. He started giving this big story about him and how he would be on stage cheering with them, and he starts playing the song and the rain starts lightening up and the sun starts to peek out oh man a little bit man it was it was moving man (laughs) is there is there any uh i've never played in the rain outdoors is there does the thought of electrocution even cross your mind while you're out there you just don't even think about it i was just see i'm a drummer playing bass guitar in that setting right there so i'm just making sure i'm hitting the notes (laughs) (laughs) were you under uh canopy though or anything it was it was a full-size stage across uh takes up nine miles like one of those semi-truck trailer stages nine miles that's a huge (laughs) fucking nine nine mile road which is a a street for those of you non-michiganders and uh, and so yeah, it folds out. The top folds out into a covered thing, and then there's an extra canopy coming off that. Um, see, so yeah. see, eight miles where all the rap comes from. Nine miles where all the country, country. comes it, from. It's like Nashville. You got Music Row where the old studios are at. You got their Broadway Street where all the bars are at. It's like that, but it's <laughs> Michigan. <laughs> Cool, cool. I wouldn't know anything. I've never been to Nashville, so you've never been to Nashville. Not I once. would not. I would not know. What's wrong with you? I, the, I mean, do you have time? Uh, do I? Because <laughs> there's a lot. Let's get into this. All right. Why don't you lay down on the couch and we'll really dig deep here. Um, couch, like therapy session. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> well, uh, anyway, so speaking of, I, I don't have a good segue. Speaking of 
getting therapy for doing things that are wrong. There you go. That's the one. <laughs> Segway. That sucked. Let's get into some corrections. Stupid! You're so stupid! All right, a couple things from last week. Uh, we talked about Kevin Smith filming his Kilroy Was Here anthology movie, mm-hmm. and I could not remember the name of the school that he was filming at. Yeah. Uh, it's being filmed at the Ringling College of Art and Design in Sarasota, Florida. So those are all the kids helping him uh, make that. Sarasota. Sarasota. And then, um, so we talked about how Creepshow 3 and, um, what was it, Trick or Treat? Yeah. We talked about the two of them being anthologies and that one copied off the other. And I go, well, this one came out way beforehand. Uh, Creepshow came out in 2006. Trick or Treat came out in 2007. There's only a year between the two. But still, I, I was saying like, oh, what if they drew inspiration from Trick or Treat? Yeah, I but said there so was, I was said there was wrong. like twelve years though. Right. So I was way off. <laughs> uh, speaking of speaking of uh, years, getting years wrong for the the Creep Show uh, movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you said something about the Creep Show three taking place twenty years after the after Creep Show two. Yes. Now Creep Show two came out in nineteen eighty seven. Yeah. That Correct. would be 30 years, not 20 oh, years. well, there you go. Do your math. Sorry. You were born in the 80s. You're in your 30s. Math is hard. Math is hard. It's a tough, it's a tough thing. I hate math. <laughs> uh, is that all you got? That's all I got. All right, James. So why don't you tell us what we're drinking this week? Okay. <clears throat> so this week, uh, like I said, courtesy of Mike's brother, we have Space Kitty from Rohrbach Brewing Company in Rochester, New York, established in 1991. It was a good year. Uh, what happened in 1991, James, to make it such a good year? It's just um, a saying, Michael. It's like when you're at the grocery was, store. It was two years before the, Jurassic Park came out. Your total oh. 1993. Well, that was a good year. And this old lady <laughs> said that in front of me one time, and I, my neck, she was still picking up her bags, and I was doing my order, and she's like, all right, that's 1742, and I'm like, oh, that's a good year. <laughs> was that the year that um, I Love Lucy was canceled? Yes. 1991. Because that would be a good year. (laughs) Shut up. I love I Love Lucy. (laughs) Everyone does. Apparently, I'm the only one that hates I Love Lucy. You don't like it? What's wrong with you? I grew up on it. Her voice. Ricky. Oh, I can't. I can't take it. I, I... you know what? So I did can't you do it. did you hate the the nanny too then? Oh God, Fran Drescher. With, uh, Fran oh, Drescher. Oh, <laughs> that's almost worse. Like, I I respect the hell out of Lucia Ball. Like I know what she did. I know. Mm-hmm. I, I I get it. Yeah. I just I can't do that show. I, I can't do it. <laughs> I used to love it so much when I was there, but but I grew up watching it with my grandma, so I was super into it. I don't ah. know. Uh, so Rohrbach Brewing Company in Rochester, New York. They they brought us Space Kitty. I'm happy you're saying this because I would have said Rohrbach. 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 Space Kitty Citra Deepa, which is a double D-I-P-A, double India pale ale, right? Yeah. Is that right? Yes, sir. Um, oh, I guess I could have read the bottom of the can because it says it right there. <laughs> uh, Rochester's original craft brewery. Let's see what we got here. Uh, named Rochester named Rochester Real Beer Week's Best New Beer of 2014, Space Kitty is out of this world. The inspiration for this beer came from a very deep conversation amongst Rohrbach brewers about space, cats in space, and our insatiable desire to drink West Coast IPAs 24-7. This American double IPA features a trio of rare hops high in alpha acids with juicy oils that mimic those wonderful IPAs and double IPAs of the West Coast that we love to, that we love so dearly. I love juicy oils. <laughs> do, <laughs> do not age space kitty and please drink fresh. <clears throat> That's uh, that's the first time I've ever 
seen a a beer that specifically says to not age it. Uh, well, IPAs typically don't really age. Yeah, so. I know, but I'm, I think that's just assumed most of the time, isn't it? Mm, it smells good. So Ooh. if they said that this is to to take the place of the West Coast IPAs that they love to drink, so that would be like the the hazies, right? The hazy ones and the juicy ones? No, that's a, a New England IPA. That's all to New England. That's so the East that would Coast. be East Coast. Yep, yep, you're right. Okay. All right, let's give it a try, boys. Apparently, geography's hard for me, too. Cheers. Ooh. Well, that's different. Wow. Ooh, I like that. It's really thick. <laughs> it's so thick. It's well, it no, it doesn't feel that thick it's, to me. It's got a thick. It's got a. It's got a thicker. You know what, Jay? <laughs> it's got a. It's got a thick mouth feel. <laughs> it's it. It's it's more full bodied though than than I thought it was going to be. Yes. I'm waiting for the full bodied joke. I'm, I'm waiting for it. <laughs> a full bodied thick mouth feel with a nice clean finish. Mmm. Wow, it's weird. You usually get too with um, with IPAs. You usually get a little bit of a bite in the back end. Mm-hmm. There's like no bite whatsoever. You can I'm not def- sure if that's indicative of double IPAs or not. I don't drink too many. You can definitely dippers. taste those juicy ales or juicy oils, rather. Yeah, you can. You taste those juicy oils. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's good though. Do you like it? Yeah. Is I, this? I, I did your your brother has? I'm assuming he's drank a bunch of um, this. I believe that he said that he has. Yes. Mm. He said it was delicious. He goes. I figured you can use it on your show. And lo and behold, last week I swear to God we didn't plan it this way. Lo and behold, it was like the next thing that we did. So we rolled the dice and it came up nice. So <laughs> <laughs> so uh, to go along with so Space Kitty, we we were sitting here last week after we rolled the dice. How and, many how many movies are there about cats in space? The only thing that we could have done. Was like Alien, because Ripley has a cat right in space. Right, but that's pretty much it. There's also, do you remember that old? Uh, it was an old <laughs> Disney movie, I think, called. Uh, was it just called Space Cat? I can't remember what it was called, or Cat from Mars, or something like that. Oh was, yes, do you remember the that? Cat from Mars? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, we could have done that. I feel like Christopher Lloyd was in it, but I don't think he was. No, I probably I think of My Favorite Martian or something like that. Yeah, but. I don't remember what it was. But yeah. so anyway, we we were, we then we were just like, well, I guess we could do a movie about space and a movie about right. a kitty. So that, that worked out. So, so we went back to the space well, as we've done probably more times than any other. We've topic. gone to space many many times. Uh, who, so who doesn't like to go to space? Though? Everybody likes space. Exactly. Uh, so we went to Event Horizon, which yes. we've been we've been waiting to do Event Horizon for uh, one of our shows anyway. Yep. And then we also did a movie that I just found out about randomly a couple months ago. I thought it looked really cool. It's called Burning Bright mm-hmm. from uh, 2010. It's about a little kitty. It's about a little little itty bitty kitty. Little itty bitty titty <laughs> or kitty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's, a for you. that's what we're drinking and that's what we're talking about. Why don't we get into the bleed feed? feed. <laughs> Alright, here are your headlines for this week. Uh, so Shane Black's The Predator, uh, it was released, will in fact be rated R. Uh, nice. There's there's a little bit of uh, people were worried about it because there was talk of it maybe getting censored uh, the way that the Meg did uh, early on though. Um, I can I can see I, I understood the Meg thing because like you said it was a summer shark blockbuster. Sure. It's you know like you're expecting a lot of different types of people to come out to that or yeah. all ages. But if you did a PG-13 Predator movie, then you can fuck right off. I, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. So uh, Shane Black had promised it was going to be R rating. 
are R rated way early on, and yep. he is delivering on that promise. Good, so good. Uh, that's good news. <clears throat> uh, also, Del Toro uh, of of the Guillermo persuasion of the Guillermo um, variety. <laughs> uh, his produced uh, scary stories to tell in the dark uh, begins shooting this week, dude. Which is, I know, I, I wanted to say this because I know how big of a fan you are of the series. Mm-hmm. So, uh, big fan of the series, huge fan of the artwork. Uh-huh. Man, Stephen Gamble's illustrations are just. Like nightmare inducing. I'm, I'm hoping that Del Toro took from his his that aesthetic, his art, yeah. to make the monsters and the creatures and totally. stuff like that. You know, yeah. uh, being a producer, he can have that kind of influence. So Absolutely. hopefully, he did that. Yeah, man. All right, so this is fun news. Uh, HBO has ordered a new series or a new well, series, two series. Yeah, uh, the, Watchmen. Like the Watchmen, like the, the Watchmen movie, the Watchmen. Up my ass. <laughs> Three years. <laughs> wow. Uh, the uh, the Watchmen was uh, that was the one with like Rorschach and uh, yeah. okay the comedian. The com- yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it was a great um, movie. Fantastic movie. I loved it. A lot of people. Some people did not like that movie. I was a big fan of it. Uh, I thought it was a, li- a little bit long back in the day, but I've rewatched it since and love uh, the director's cut, which is even longer. Yeah. And I love every aspect of that movie. <clears throat> I want. It's probably like people went into it expecting a superhero movie, and it's really kind of an anti-hero movie. Yeah, it's a drama. Yeah. Like, straight up. It's, right. a, it's a like, melodrama. Yeah, almost. totally. So um, I, I can understand why some people didn't like it, but... Yeah, yeah. But I loved it, so... Like purists, maybe. But um, so HBO has ordered the, the Watchmen series. Uh, Watchmen embraces the nostalgia of the original groundbreaking graphic novel while attempting to break new ground of its own. That is, in keeping with the letter of... Uh, there you go. That Words is, are hard. Yep. Work um, it out. Oh, that is keeping in the letter that Lind, uh, Lindelof. Uh, Lindelof is the showrunner, I believe, or no, he. Maybe he was the original author of the original Watchmen. This is going to be a correction. I never read the <laughs> comics. I never read the comics, so his name is not exactly familiar to me. Yeah. I probably should have looked this up before uh, yeah, I started. Right. You can do that right now. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, he stated, though, the show will not be a retelling of the story from the graphic novel, but rather a new story in the same world with new characters set in the present day. So uh, that's that's kind of cool, though. You know, they're going to probably reference those old characters like they did in the uh, in the movie of you know the the old old heroes and right. stuff like that. So yeah. hopefully they'll be a part of the canon still and it'll be familiar enough. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, looking forward to that. That's going to come out in 2019. Yeah, that'd be cool. So I'm uh, looking forward to it. Um, if you're a, a fan of Joseph Joseph Bashara, uh, it's, it's uh, Alan Moore was the original writer of Alan Moore Watchmen. Was. So yeah, okay. So he, probably the showrunner you're talking probably about. Probably then, yeah. Uh, Joseph Bashara, who was the, uh, the composer for Insidious and the Conjuring movies, as well as a slew of other stuff. He was also when we were playing Slash Cards, I got a I got a key question right about this because you mm. asked which character did he play in the Insidious. Conjuring? That was Insidious. I thought. No, wasn't it was the Conjuring. Do you remember the answer? Yeah. Well, what? Was what was it? Do you remember? It was the question about who was in it and also scored it, right? No, it was uh, which. It's it said that he had scored, he had uh, done the scores for these movies, but it asked which character did he play in The Conjuring. Oh, um, I don't remember. Bathsheba Sherman. Bathsheba, come you're on, right. you're Get your right. Head in the game. See, that's probably why I didn't get that one right, and you did. Yeah, that's so right. There you go. <clears throat> anyway, um, so he, uh, you know, when you're making these these compositions for movies, you have a lot of stuff that hits the cutting room floor. Uh-huh. Uh So he is releasing more music from the further, which hmm. is a collection of all the stuff that did not make it into the soundtracks that mm-hmm. he's still very proud of. That's pretty cool. It's coming out on Void Recordings. Uh, they're putting out a vinyl and digital download. Um, so uh, if you're into that, it will be released on August 18th, which is already passed. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, go get it if you want it. <laughs> well, who's putting it out? Uh, Void Recordings. Oh, you going to pick that up? I, You know what? I'd be very interested. I, I, and man, I, I love, think I'm going to listen to it first. To I see love if, his scores, you know, especially the Insidious. Well, this is more music from the further, yeah. so it's specifically stuff from the Insidious cutting room floor. Huh? Uh, that's what it sounds like, yeah. yeah that'll be sweet. Um, yeah, so pretty cool. Um, <clears> let's see here. Um, moving on. Oh, here's some news for you. We're getting a Beetlejuice Broadway musical. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. How fucking awesome is that? That's pretty awesome. And now that I got Broadway on the brain, mm-hmm. I just kind of want to go see everything. <laughs> like, Aladdin is coming, and Aladdin is my favorite Disney movie ever. There's an Aladdin Broadway show? There is. I didn't know that. There is. How do they make the carpet fly? Um, magic. And how do they, how, like, how do they get Robin Williams? Magic. <laughs> I mean, he's on strings. Oh, my God. <laughs> Awful, just terrible. Um, yeah, no. Uh, so we're getting the, we're getting a Beetlejuice Broadway musical. That's pretty awesome. Um, as long as Michael Keaton plays him, uh, he will not. Yeah. Uh, the trial run is going to be at the National Theater in Washington D.C. on October 14th. So if you're in the Washington D.C. area, get in on this for a trial run of like the show. It's probably going to be pretty big. Yeah, that's my guess. Uh, it officially opens on November 4th on Broadway. Sweet. So give it a couple years. It'll probably be off Broadway doing its thing, but. Making the rounds. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. That'd be, that'd be cool. Um, every week, I have to ask the question, what's new on Blue, baby? Really just for the past two weeks. That's, but. that's pretty much it, yeah. <laughs> all right. So uh, we found out a while back that all four films in the Paco Plaza, and I don't know exactly how to pronounce his name. I wanna, I'm going to say Yaume. Sure. Yaume Balaguero's. Uh, now, do you say it's Rec a, or Record? It's Rec. It's Wreck. It's Wreck. So I was right about it. Yeah. Wreck. Uh, the Wreck franchise will be released via Scream Factory for the first time as a set. Uh, that's due out September 25th. The set will include audio commentary from the writers and directors, making of featurettes, behind-the-scenes footage, outtakes, deleted scenes, trailers, and more. Very cool. Uh, next up, I talked about uh, a possible rumor going around about Vestron releasing uh, Maximum Overdrive. Mm-hmm. last week um this is just a quick update it has officially been confirmed that vestron will be uh will be releasing this 1986 when... man versus machine <laughs> when vestron <laughs> released it they released it as the worst kept secret on the internet because it, it had leaked out in so many places it's <laughs> cool that they had a, a sense of humor about it uh that will officially hit shelves on october 23rd with a ton of new special features and shit ton of featurettes yeah, on it honest ton this, of features and be, awesome cover did you see the cover I art did, for it? yeah it's so, so cool so of these vest drama releases i always say i want to get them until i see the price tag on them yeah because to me they're a little bit more expensive than what they're worth right you know like i'm not big on just getting something for a new transfer right um and they're usually like 35 40 bucks or whatever at least even scream factory is only like like 22 bucks when they first come and you out, get you know? way more for your money um but this one though i think i will definitely pick up yeah this one's a must-have yeah it looks like a, a lot of good stuff on there and plus come on maximum overdrive it's an I amazing agree. movie uh, Emilio! Emilio! <laughs> <laughs> uh next up the warner archive is bringing us a new 1080p hd remaster of michael Crichton's 1981 thriller looker this september <laughs> warner that's it yeah <laughs> that's, how, that's how that's what i think about that and they really went all out with this one. Oh. Uh, the Blu-ray will feature an introduction oh. and commentary by Michael Crichton, as well as a deleted scene, <laughs> as used in the network television version and the theatrical trailer. <laughs> Try not to go overboard on the first viewing. 
because there's a lot to dig into there. <laughs> Next up, uh, another major offering from Warner Archive Collection, boasting an equally impressive special features lineup, is the 1080p remaster of Irwin Allen's 1978 killer bee flick, The Swarm. I've always wanted to see that. I've never actually oh, seen it. Oh, you've never seen it? No. It's really, I like it a lot. Um, anything with Michael Caine is fine with me. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. <laughs> hey, I did a good British one. <laughs> that was, hey. Yeah, that was not bad. That was not bad. I mean, it wasn't uh, good, but it wasn't bad. The extended 156-minute version of the film will be hitting shelves sometime in September. Uh, this one actually, it's it's a little better than the last one from Warner Archive because they do have a uh, be, behind-the-scenes doc, which looks pretty cool because... The thing about the swarm is they actually they actually used it's estimated at about 22 million live bees. It sounds about right for the shoot. So it it, it goes into how that's, exactly they got that done. It's like yeah, that's crazy. Sounds pretty cool. I mean, I keep bees at my work, and I know that like in each hive there's <clears throat> tens of thousands. Yeah. So to have 22 million is not unfeasible, but that's a shit ton of bees. That's a lot of freaking bees. How do you keep track of them? Do they all, are they all numbered to take roll call? <laughs> all right, Pete. Uh, Buzz, <laughs> Buzz, you hear? Buzz. That's good. That's good. Yes. Can we, can we add in like a... <laughs> <laughs> you just did right there. Oh, there you go. All right. Uh, uh, the uh, the final blue here, the zombie contagion. Bert, Bert you hear? Bert. Get it. Shut Get it. No. Bert's bees. Oh, okay. Come on. All right. Yeah, that was a keeps, stretch. Keeps your lips nice and moist. <laughs> also, it also it tingles a little bit, which is really nice. The uh, zombie contagion camping gone wrong horror flick Feral will be making its Blu-ray DVD debut on October 2nd via Scream Factory and IFC Midnight. Uh, I've never seen this before, but based on the, the synopsis for it, it basically just sounds like uh, Cabin Fever. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like the... Uh, a bunch of kids go out to a cabin in the woods, and then one of them gets this zombie contagion and turns into a zombie, and oh no, all the other kids are going to catch it, so they have to protect themselves. It sounds it's, nothing like Cabin it's Fever. It's kind of exactly like Cabin Fever, except for in Cabin Fever, the people weren't aggressive. That sounds that sounds more like like Bambi to me. What? In I just wa- I just watched Bambi today, so I can I can. How different would that movie be if Bambi's mother died from a zombie infection? <laughs> Picture that shit. It would get weird. Uh, that's it for blues. That's it. That's well, it. Right. That's why I said it. All right. So uh, our last bit of news here is uh, Bruce Campbell just cannot stop. Who? Uh, Bruce Campbell. Never. He's a country singer. I'm not familiar. I, I think. Mm. I'm not familiar. Man. Well, whoever yeah. he is, he can't quit quitting quitting. <laughs> Um, so That's just the on best the, way to put it, so, actually. So just on the heels of him saying that uh, he is putting the character of Ash to bed, it was revealed that there is, and, and he confirms, that there is a new Evil Dead video game coming oh, out. Oh, nice. Which I'm very excited about because I have played two and a half, uh, well, two and five percent of all of the <laughs> Evil Dead video games. Uh, the first one's almost unplayable. Why? Um, it's It's got that same control scheme, at least for me. Is. I'm sure there's other people that, that are better with it. But it's got that same control scheme that the original Resident Evil did, where you basically walk straight, and then you have to stand still, rotate your character, oh, and then yeah. walk. However, it's fucked up from where you are in the room. It's not always the same direction. Um, that's how the first Evil Dead... Um, what uh, console was, like, was that on? Uh, it was on Dreamcast and PS1, oh, I believe. Okay. Um, <laughs> So I never I I hate that that control style so I could never really do it. Plus, it's nowhere near as good as Resident Evil. Quite fairly, it's mm-hmm. just not made as well. So it's a very difficult game to control. I wish they'd remaster it with updated controls. Yeah, 
that would be awesome. However, the, uh, the next two games, uh, uh, Fistful of Boomstick and Regeneration, were fantastic really? games. Really, really good, especially Fistful of Boomstick. Anyway, uh, fans have been wanting a new Evil Dead game for a long time, so mm-hmm. it looks like we're finally getting one, and Bruce Campbell is returning to voice Ash. Nice. Um, so that's very, very exciting. It's, easy, it's easy work. Why wouldn't you do it? Exactly. Well, so, hold on. Not to not to downplay the, the work that uh, voice artists do. I know that's hard work. Well, but yeah, for, but, but as compared to I mean, what voice he artists, does... voice though, can never do the original voice better than the original guy, right. though. No, I was, I was just saying, like, it's not... I know it's not easy work, but compared to what he does on, like, Ash vs. Evil Dead, it's yeah. easy work, yeah. Yeah, um, I think So I think he's more just retired playing the character... Or maybe this was like this was like and this was he said in a contractual ob- obligation that he had to fulfill oh, really? still. So maybe that's why I don't know. But we're still getting more more Bruce Campbell as Ash, and that's always a good thing. And um, as always, this has been your uh, bleed feed. Well, at that note, that'll bring us <laughs> to <laughs> a, uh, a little words of wisdom with Wilson. <laughs> there is nothing so exhilarating. And being shot at and missed. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! That was the news. I mean, I, we could I, go. True. We could go try right now. Actually, let's see. <laughs> yeah. let's I'll, run down, I'll run down the street, and you just take a couple, a uh, couple shots at me. Whoa! <laughs> I'm alive. All right, uh, we're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, um, we're going to talk about space kitties. The, the the greatest deep space catastrophe ever known. Ever. Ever. Throughout this dulcy, faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. So, hey, we're back. Do it, Michael. We're back. James. Yes? You ready to talk about space? Yeah. You ready to talk about kitties? Y- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 What's that movie? What's that from? Uh, oh, God. Uh, uh, what? Ninja Turtles 2. Y- Where Donatello's yeah, got yeah, the, the bounty. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Every time I hear that, it's all I think of. <laughs> all right. So, uh, this week, as James pointed out, we have part space, part kitty, all space kitty. <laughs> And the first movie we're talking about is going to be the space portion of the product. The product? The space portion of the kitty. Uh, (laughs) Space portion of the kitty. Event Horizon from 1997. A rescue crew investigates a spaceship that disappeared into a black hole and has now returned with someone or something new on board. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, so, Event Horizon was directed by uh, Paul W. S. Anderson. Mm-hmm. If uh, if he doesn't sound familiar to you, he should, because he's directed amazing movies like Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Um, and also good movies like the Resident Evil series. At least most of them. He did the first one and the last three. Did you say also good movies, implying that Mortal Kombat was not good? <laughs> um, listen, I. I you th- go to hell, sir. I... <laughs> <laughs> go right to hell. I mean, it's no Mortal Kombat Annihilation, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he also did Alien vs. Predator, which has a very soft spot in my heart. I love that movie. Alien vs. Predator, yeah. Even though it's way too dark and you can barely see what's going oh, on dude, most of the time. Yeah, it's so uh, tough. Yeah, so he's done a lot of stuff. Um, this movie's starring Lawrence Larry Fishburne. Larry. Larry Fishburne's mm-hmm. Captain Miller. Uh, the, the, the incomparable Sam Neill. That was a weird way of saying that. Because you can't compare to anybody else. Incomparable. 
Oh, it's in- incomparable. It's incomparable. No, you... it's incomparable. Swine. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Neill is in it as Dr. William Weir. Uh, you got Kathleen Quinton, uh, Quinlan plays Peters. Who else is in this? Uh, Richard T. Jones plays Cooper, who is easily my favorite character on the uh, of the movie. I liked he, him. he was a little bit of comedic relief, I, but yeah, it I like worked. I liked him a lot. But some of his dialogue was a little bit dodgy. Uh, a little bit, like, like they like they at the end. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> uh, you also have um, Sean uh, Pertwee, who we've talked about in the past. Um, you would know him uh, from if you're a horror fan uh, as the main character in Dog Soldiers, mm-hmm. the original. Um, What's his name? The director. I can't think of his name. Oh, uh, oh, uh, oh, oh, God, we're terrible fans. Uh, Darius Rucker. No. Oh my God. Oh, Marshall. Neil Marshall. There we go. There we go. We got there. Uh, he also <laughs> plays uh, Alfred in the Gotham series. Oh, that's where I got yeah. every so, time. Like I, I kept going. Where have I seen? Because I knew, I knew him from Dog Soldiers, but I knew that I had seen him somewhere recently. Yep. I don't watch Gotham. But I'd, I, he's, I've, he's I've familiar seen, enough. I've seen the, enough yeah, of it yeah. that I, I recognize. Yep. It. <clears throat> so this is a this is an early role, like, like like Dog Soldiers, almost early. Like this was he's young, you know, 1997. So don't skip Jason Isaacs, my man. I'm sorry. From uh, Lucius Malfoy from from the Harry Potter series. Oh, is that who that was? Oh yeah. No yeah. oh, shit. He was uh, he played DJ the the yep. the EMS guy. Yep. Um, he was awesome. Also, uh, Jolie Richardson. She plays Cooper. I think that's pretty much everybody. Nope, she does not play Cooper. She plays Lieutenant. Or, oh, sorry, Lieutenant <laughs> Lieutenant Stark. Uh, oh, wrong, and- wrong sex, wrong ethnicity, <laughs> wrong character, wrong everything. And uh, and Jack Noseworthy, who plays uh, Baby Bear. What yeah. the hell was his actual ba- name? Baby Bear. Baby uh, Bear. Justin. Poor Baby Bear. Uh, Justin, right? Yeah. Yep. That's my name. Which uh, oh, th- baby bear. <laughs> which I th- I think he easily did. He had his best work in. Uh, wasn't wasn't he in Hocus Pocus? Oh, was he? Wasn't he? Is he the know. same guy? I don't know. Hold was on. He? Someone uh, should look this shit up. You know, if you ever have a podcast, James, you need to be more prepared for well, stuff like this. Yeah. All right. So um. So Event Horizon. If you've never seen it, do yourself a favor. Stop this and go watch it because this movie's fucking amazing. Uh, I hadn't seen it in a number of years. It had been a long time since I'd actually seen it. I think I saw it right after it came out on home video. Because, mm-hmm. you know, home video was a thing back in the day. Ah, uh, yes. Um, I had a very specific memory of this movie and like that it was like, it reminded me a lot. I remember it being basically like Alien only, like it was very Alien-esque is yeah. how I remember the movie. Oh, by the way, Jack Noseworthy was not the guy from Hocus Pocus. Oh, okay. That's my bad. Um, yeah, no, I remember being very much like Alien and I, that memory was correct. That was the only, I didn't remember anything plot-wise. I did not remember anything about anything. I just remember the feeling of the movie. Yeah. Feeling like an Alien movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only was I right on that, <clears throat> but I it dawned on me that it reminds me of a lot of other things too and we'll get to that when we get into the story. Okay. But um, but yeah, this movie's incredible. If you've not if you've not seen it, do yourself the favor and watch it. It's not your standard horror movie fare in that it's not like an action-y horror movie. Like this is a drama. I, I would I would almost put this under like sci-fi drama, almost sci-fi like a, thriller sort of. Thrill. I, mean, I, I, hate I know that I you hate, hate thriller. Everything yeah. is thrilling. Everything <laughs> is thrilling. Um, but it's it's a drama though. Like, there's not a whole lot of action in it. You know, it's mostly just tense. Like yeah. That's still really? horror, though. It's kind of a it's it's kind of a slow burn, actually. You know what I mean? Uh, a little bit. It reminded me a lot of Sphere, a oh, lot yeah. of mm-hmm. Sphere. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and and the idea that you're on this alien ship or whatever, and there's this this ball that is doing something, and you don't know exactly what it is, and it's making people. Cr- actually, this movie is fucking Sphere. <laughs> <laughs> Come to think of it, it's just the ball is metal instead of like 
mercury or whatever the hell. Yeah. I don't know. There was there was a lot of really bad CG um, oil and coolant in the, in the or whatever coolant, the hell was yeah. floating around. <laughs> um, which, speaking of, I will say that this movie's from 1997. Um, any movie from the 90s that was using CG, it typically does not age very well. Yeah. Um, this movie wasn't terrible though. Like, yeah, it's not I, bad it at was all. Passable. Right. It's definitely 90s CG, but it was decent 90s CG, especially when I read about how long they had to make this movie. This movie had a 10 month cycle, and that's it. Oh, really? Yeah, so the fact that they did as well as they did in that short amount of time uh, is is admirable. Yeah. So um, I'm not going to hold that against it, but it definitely does kind of show it. There's a scene in the beginning where you're seeing the inside of the alien ship. or mm-hmm. well, It's not even alien. It's not an alien ship. It's a U.S. ship. But you're seeing inside the event horizon. Right. And you see like a, a wrench flying through space. and Like, like a cup and, it and a, looks, a watch and stuff like that. It yeah. looks pretty wonky. Yeah. But, but whatever, you can get over it. It's not that big of a deal. Like I said, it's the 90s. Yeah. Whatever. We give them a little bit of a pass. I agree. Um, <clears throat> now, I actually hadn't looked at this earlier, but this movie was kind of a flop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, it was. It, they had made a, back like half of, like only half of its, its yeah, they budget. Yeah, they had a $60 million budget. Opening weekend was uh, about $9.5 million. Gross USA, 26 And cumulative worldwide was $20.4 million. So, yeah, it's... Didn't even make its money back. No. But ironically, which is crazy because it's a. I I really like this movie. Ironically, this is the one movie in Paul Anderson's filmography though that people consider his best work. Really, it was a sleeper. Yeah, it's a cult. It's a cult favorite now. Mm-hmm. Like, and I agree. I, this movie's knowing the rest of his body of work like I do. This movie does not fit, at least to me, as far as quality, in with the rest of his movies. Like the Resident Evil movies, they're they're the Resident Evil movies. Yes, right. they're good quality, but like. You know, they're they're just they're they're fun zombie video game movies. Yeah. Mortal Kombat is sort of the same thing. You have, you know, of all of his movies, this one stuck out the most because it's actually creepy and it's actually like horrifying and yeah. it, 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 it's, it's, very it's effective. effective. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the visuals in this movie are fucking top notch. Yeah. I will get I'll get into this more later because I'm sure we're gonna talk about it. Yeah, sure. Um, but I I was when I watched this, I go. This feels to me like Alien if Clive Barker made it. That's kind of what I thought, too. Like the visuals at the end, the the, the torturous images yeah. of bodies being ripped apart. Yeah. By, you know, that's and exactly the way, and the way uh, <laughs> a certain character looks toward the end of yes. the movie is, he is almost basically sort of cinebite yeah. He was basically a cinebite. Yeah, totally. Um, and I, I found out afterwards that uh, it was very influenced by Clive Barker and that he actually consulted on the film. Oh, really? That's so cool. So there's a good reason that this felt very Clive Barker. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially there's a, there's a scene, um, we're going to jump all over, but there's a scene at the end where one of the bodies is on hooks, like literally being on hooks, and its, oh, its yeah. chest is like filleted open. Yeah. Like it was exactly like Hellraiser. Yeah. Like, it was an exact scene you could have taken out of any Pinhead movie, uh-huh. um, which that, I thought was very cool. That was the kind of like so those types of visuals. When I first, when I first saw the trailer for this movie when I was younger, I was this was you know long before I was into horror movies, and yeah. I was like, I can't ever watch that movie. Too scary. And then I eventually saw it, and I I loved it, but. I think this this movie might have been the first time that I really saw some of those really extreme visuals. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, just to set it up a little bit, 
the uh, the the subtitles at the beginning of the movie they set this up for the the future. It uh, it starts in the the very distant future, the year twenty fifteen. Mm, very <laughs> very distant. I'm the, not sure what life's going to be like the, in twenty fifteen, but I I very much look forward to it. I, I imagine it's probably going to be pretty accurate. By twenty fifteen, we'll probably have a colony on the moon. That sounds about right. And I mean, that, we've already been to the moon a few times, right? So, so I'd, I'd say it's I'd say it's very possible. <laughs> so it starts off like 2015. It says first colonization of the moon, yep. and then after that, it jumps in increments. I think of like it was 10 like col- years. colonization of or drilling on Mars was like right. 2032 Exploration or of Mars. something like that. And then, so and then, yep. this basically it kicks off. You don't see this part of the movie, but it kicks off in 2040. That's when the event horizon goes missing. And then now there is a... a like seven years later, I think it seven is. Seven years later, yeah. suddenly the Event Horizons uh, uh, emergency beacon gets picked up. Mm-hmm. So they send out a, a rescue mission to go try and find it. And that's where the whole movie kind of kicks off. Yeah. Um, I, 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 they, don't, uh, they don't tell the crew where they're going, which seems dodgy. It's like, it's like we're going to send you to the other side of Neptune, but we can't tell you why you're going there. So they know where they're going. They just don't know why they're going. Yeah. yeah. Why did they keep it secret? Um, probably because it was, I don't know, because they couldn't, they didn't want to tell them before they left because then they could, somebody could bomb out and say, yep, fuck that. We're not doing that. And then they could tell people and. I mean, there was really no reason for them it's to top be. top secret. I mean, there that's, was no reason for them to be afraid of it or anything. No, but it's top secret though. I mean, I, I would imagine that a lot of missions are like that. You're not briefed on something until you're ready to go into the field. You know? I, they weren't even like ready to go into the field though. They were practically there. You know what I mean? And they've got, so they have uh, this crew this that's regularly a rescue mission crew, but they also have the addition of Dr. Weir. Mm-hmm. They find out that he's actually the guy who designed the Event Horizon. Yep, he actually built the motor that basically allows it to open a black hole, cross through it, come out the other side, and then basically the universe gets put back to where it was. Like it's, the way they describe it um, is a pe- they take a piece of paper, basically, and they bend the piece of paper, and, or they put a hole on either side of the piece of paper and say, to get from point A to point B will take you 100 million light years. Right. Yet, if you fold the paper in half and the two holes line up, you can pass through one hole, pass through the second hole, and it, it'll only take a day. There was a new... Going there, through two holes in one day? Two holes in one day. Interstellar. There was something... Right? There was an either a new movie or a new TV show. I'm, I want to maybe say... What the hell was it? There was another movie recently that described... That interstellar, acid, interst- no, because I haven't seen Interstellar. Oh, um, well, but they did. they described they described that style of travel the exact same way with a guy folding a piece of paper and then stabbing the pen through the piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Can you? It wasn't Interstellar that I'm thinking of because I haven't seen that movie. Did oh, they, they, do did, it in, they did do it in, in Interstellar, but did they do it in Donnie Darko? Is that the way that I wanted to say either Donnie Darko or maybe Stranger Things, but I don't think it was Stranger Things because that, the... that was when he was describing the flea on the. The uh, tightrope or whatever. Yeah. For the upside down. Yeah. I think it might have been. Donnie Is that the Darko, way the Sways did it when he was in the uh, when he was in the, the classroom? I think so. I haven't seen Donnie Darko in a long time. I haven't either, but I think that might be what I'm thinking of. It's the mm. same exact thing. That'll they be. That'll... The, they fold the piece of paper and then stab the pen through it. I'm gonna call it and say that's a correction for next week. Yeah. But let's just, let's just go with uh, Darko. You, if it's but not... you remember that same scene, I right? Do. From yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. If it's not a correction, then you get to correct yourself that you called it a correction and it wasn't. So it's automatically a correction no matter what. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Boom. That's how we do it so here. So prepare for that. Carney and Vito, be on your toes because we need some help here. Um. um yeah, so that's basically it. So they go, so they go over to uh, to the other side of Neptune, 
and um, they're they're they don't know what they're getting into. They find the event horizon. It looks, for all intents and purposes, like a normal ship, and they they prepare to board it. To it's basically it's a rescue mission. They think that the crew is still alive. They get on there, and it's again very much like Sphere, which we which we talked about relatively recently. One thing that I one thing that bothered me is uh, before they boarded, because uh, Stark was getting uh, bio readings from all over the ship. She's mm-hmm. like, I'm getting. <laughs> oh, oh, there it is. I was trying to burp oh, at the same time. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Um, I one of these weeks I'm gonna go an entire episode no, without my voice cracking. No, Probably not. not. No. Um, she's saying I'm getting bio, bio like trace bio readings from all over the ship. So it's not like she was really pinging off of definite, uh, you, know, you know, like humans or anything like that. Yeah. But when they uh when they get on the, she says it it's probably in a, a deep freeze state because it's been gone for seven years i can't imagine there's any power left or anything like that mm-hmm. and when they do finally they hook up the umbilicus to cross over to to the to the ship as soon as they walk in lawrence fishburne says this place is in a deep freeze but there's a cup of water floating by, and the water is sloshing around. And I was like, that's bullshit. Yeah. It <laughs> if was, it was a deep freeze, that water this, would be frozen. This movie did have a habit of just ignoring basic scientific things yeah. a lot. And, and they that's do the, the and they most do, basic of them all. They do the, the thing where they're in space, and there's a breach in the <laughs> hall, and not everybody's dead somehow. Like, <laughs> it's space. The suction of space would instantly freeze and probably kill everything the second there's a hole in the hole. And that flag definitely you know, wouldn't be waving. Not at all. <laughs> well, this movie was made in a studio just like the moon landing. Listen, I, I know that, Jay. I know that. Um, that's, that's my big thing, though, in space movies. It's like, first off, there'd be no explosions in space. Secondly... That's not true. Yeah, I, because I, I looked it up one time. It is not true that there's no explosions in space. Okay. Then how does the fire burn? I can't. I can't tell you the science right now. I just know that it's not true. There can be explosions in space. I'll look it up and I'll tell you. Maybe we'll do it as a correction next week. Maybe we'll do it as an experiment next week. Maybe we'll go to space and try and blow something up. Best episode ever. Hopefully with you inside of it. <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll, that's fine. I'll sacrifice my, my my body to science. My body is ready. Um. So. So they, they, they get on the ship. They're looking around for, for life. Mm-hmm. Uh, they find nothing. They do find a corpse at one point in time, which is they do, which is pretty cool. I like when they finally turn the gravity back on and the corpse falls to oh, the floor. Oh, so cool. So there you go. Cause, because the, It's frozen. It's frozen. The yes. corpse was frozen. But, but the water. Why the hell wasn't the water well, frozen? Everybody knows that, for, that corpses are way more freezable than water. Okay, everyone that's knows true. that. Yeah, that's just science. That's, that's, that's just that's, basic science. That's science. <laughs> <laughs> but I, the, uh, the, when that body falls to the floor, oh, it's, it's, so like, cool. it's like the uh, liquid nitrogen kill in Jason, Jason X. Jason X, yep. Yeah, yep. it's so cool. Yeah, that was very cool. I I, uh, I definitely dug that. That was probably one of the, the better... Like, as far as CGI goes, it was really good. No, it wasn't CGI. They just actually froze a body. Oh, is that how they did that? And then they dropped it to the floor. Mm, well, yeah. well, then. That's what... When you when you, when you you offer up your body to science... That's where it goes. After you die, <laughs> most of the time it goes to Hollywood. <laughs> you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm actually really, really okay with that. Um... Just make the kill really cool. Well, there's That's a all scene. I ask. We were talking about like the the scientific inaccuracy in, in, inaccuracies inaccuracies uh, in this movie. There is a scene where a guy gets what you were about to say uh, inaccuracies. <laughs> the, the scientific the, inaccuracies. The inaccuracies. <laughs> um, 
no, like there's a scene where one of the where Justin gets locked in the airlock and the outside door opens and he gets sucked into space mm-hmm. and he doesn't die. And I'm like this would that, that would not happen. Like not <clears throat> Okay, so not happen. That's I kind of want I kind of want to talk about that because so it, it, just like when you're in the ocean, if you're like way down underneath the surface Pressure. of the ocean, there's you're pressurized, and if you come up to the to the surface too quickly, you get the bends. Mm-hmm. Your, your your veins fill with they nitrogen. Give you, they give you an awesome Radiohead record. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really? I thought he meant an awesome car of bends. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! What's both? There's no awesome Radiohead records. You're, you're right. No awesome. I was gonna say that. <laughs> I was gonna use that as a correction for next week. <laughs> um. So they. Uh, it, you get the you get the bends with a with a d uh and a z i think i think your <laughs> i think i think your blood fills with nitrogen or yep. like your veins get nitrogen bubbles or something like that yep. but uh fishburn is telling him what's his name miller miller's kind of calling out orders to him he's saying i want you to curl up into a ball i want you to close your eyes close them as tight as you can blow all the air out of your lungs which is essentially you're you're decompressing your lungs at that point mm-hmm. he's still justin still gets really messed up when he leaves the airlock he does but would you immediately he'd I, freeze he'd freeze for sure if he I, didn't implode because of the pressure of space he'd freeze for sure i think they actually say the it's kind of like the opposite your blood almost boils I've, I've never heard I've that. Heard that I've, not, I've not heard that. We're going to have a lot of corrections yeah, next week. Well, <laughs> what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to learn our science. And uh, oh, I know, right? Uh, well, they, it's I've actually been, real homework. You I noticed read like a science textbook. <laughs> I noticed that one of the uh, local channels has been playing reruns of Beekman's World lately. So oh, I'll, I'll be watching that for the next few days, oh, see if I can pick up on any knowledge. Beekman's World, such a good show. Beekman's World is uh, superior to Bill Nye the Science Guy, by the way. You know what? I would actually... I'm okay with that. Thanks. You. I Cheers. would have to I'll put them it. all down What's and that? say, Mr. Wizard takes the cake. Mr. Mr. Wizard? <laughs> he was. He was. He did all the cool chemistry experiments and oh, stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. I liked him. Well, if we're talking about science shows, Good Eats. <laughs> Good with uh, with Alton Alton Brown? Alton Brown? Yeah. Why is that a science show? He broke down food to a science. Like, legitimately. Was, That's true. He that's did. That's it. Yeah. That's what I'm just saying. All right, let's All right, get back, back on track back here. Back on track here. Um, so that was a scene that I just, I just had, like, a weird problem with. Like, I, I just don't think that he... Everything that I know about space, which is is vastly knowledgeable, <laughs> um, I have the best knowledge. I'm not sure if you knew that. The best. Um, <laughs> Super smart about space. Space um, Force. No, I... I <laughs> <laughs> that was the That's scene that actually... That's why we Space Force, to find things like the Event Horizon. We volunteer. God. Don, if you're listening, we volunteer just so we can get more knowledge yeah, on, on space. A, on a first name basis, yeah. Don. Don. The Don. Um, <laughs> if uh, that that was that was the scene that I remember seeing when I was a little kid. Uh, that because this came out in what ninety. Yeah, that is not the scene that I remember from when I was a little kid. <laughs> yeah, we all know the scene that you remember. <laughs> but uh, that was the scene that really drew me into this movie. That I was like. Yeah, like I was scared to watch this movie, but I was also like, man, that scene was crazy. I have to see this. Mm-hmm. So I finally did. And yeah. I loved it. Even yeah, I, though I was scared shitless when I first saw it. Yeah, so I wish that I remembered my my impressions of it when I saw it when I was a kid. I, I don't think that I understood it when I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I, I didn't understand. I don't think I got it. it. So it didn't stick with me because I was probably just confused while watching it. Quite frankly. Yeah. Um, and I, and let's be honest, the 14, 15 year olds, however however old I was. I was not into watching like drama type horror movies. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to watch a movie with like J- Jason. Give me Jason when I'm right. 14. You know. Well, and a lot of you know, there's a there's a lot of whether it's accurate or not. There's a lot of scientific talk in it and stuff like that. Yeah. 
they're translating Latin, which they actually translated incorrectly. Oh, did I, they? I did look that up. Yeah. Oh. I actually went into like a, a, a forum where it's all people who are knowledgeable in Latin, and mm-hmm. they're all just like, "Yeah, that's bullshit." So, yeah. Uh, anyway. Anyway, yeah. So, so they get on board the uh, the the Event Horizon, and they they quickly realize that something is not right, and they start hallucinating, mm-hmm. which again, very sphere like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they start hallucinating, and they're seeing they're seeing people from their past. Um, we are seeing uh, his wife. You have um, the, uh, the the woman, uh, which uh, I forget her name. She's seeing her son, Mama Bear. Um, yeah, Mama Bear. <laughs> what was her name? I can't uh, was remember. Stites or that, was that who it was? No, not Stark. Stark. Uh, Peters, Stark? Peters. 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 Yeah, yeah. She's, she's seeing her son. She's seeing her son. Everybody else is sort of having weird things to Fish, happen. Fishburn uh, Miller Fishbone? is Fishbone. <laughs> Fishbone is seeing a, a guy that he like he's never left a soldier behind. But yep. there was one time where he had to. Which this led to a really awesome sequence. The fire effects to this guy. They basically showed oh, yeah. the guy that he left was completely aflame. <laughs> and um it showed him walking like like walking towards Larry Fishburn and mm-hmm. like he was just the guy was complete like, his the makeup was awesome. It was a practical fire effect. Like it just looked really good. Was that all practical? It had to have been. You think the so? CG was so bad back then, I don't think they could have made it look that good. Hmm. You know? I don't know. Like think about when he shot the like the fire ray at him. That looked pretty damn good. Yeah, I suppose maybe. I don't know. It looked really good. Whatever fire it was, is, it fire is probably awesome. one of the first things that they that they managed to get right when they were doing CG. Mm, first thing they got right doing CG was the T Rex in Jurassic Park. Yeah, actually, dinosaurs for sure. Um, but yeah, no, it was a really cool sequence though, and it was really cool effects. Uh, it, it was awesome. Like that, this movie kind of it's like there's spaces between the super high points. Of of the, the really cool effect <laughs> of the really high like the the, the the effects and the the set pieces and all that stuff, yeah. um, but they all pay off. You know mm-hmm. everything in this movie really really pays off. It's worth getting from point A to point B, even though there can be a lot of downtime between. But it's all tense building. It's all yeah. It's it's a very moody movie. It's a very moody movie. I'm not gonna call it a mood piece. <laughs> not a mood piece. It's a moody moody movie. <laughs> but, movie. It's, but, it, but it is moody though. Like it it it, it kind of lives in that dark. Dare I say damp? Like I feel like that place was very damp for some reason. Like it's just <laughs> dare you? It just it seems like you'd be moist on that ship. I don't know. Um, but it is though. It is. Though. It's a very solemn mood. The yeah. whole movie, you know, uh-huh. it's very depressing. Um, yeah. And and it works. It works <clears throat> for that reason. Yeah. Um. So yeah. From there, they 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 know there's something wrong. They're all kind of feeling it. But we're it we're keeps beast basically being like the negative Nancy of the group. Like he's just wanting to explain it away by science. Like oh well, there's pressure and it's causing these these things and you're seeing it. it's an hallucination. Mm-hmm. And they're all just like no 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 bitch. Listen, uh, we felt <laughs> this. Bitch. We know we know it's real. Mm-hmm. Like like it's not. This is not a hallucination. This is not mind trickery like they know that what they're experiencing is real right and honestly weir knows it too even from the very beginning i got the impression that weir knew something was you weirdly so? going on yeah i think uh i think there was a change like um maybe not when they first got on the event horizon mm-hmm. <clears throat> but i think that uh it it seemed like this happened quite a few times in the film actually when he first went into the the room with the what uh, the the gravitational the the heart of the, the ship heart, yeah, whatever yeah. the hell it was, it was, it was called like the, it was the engine basically yeah. it was what caused it, them it was to the, open a wormhole pass through it pass and through it, right it. yeah um you saw a close up of his face and the that thing had like lights all around the yeah. the exterior of it 
and you saw the ring of lights in his pupil, that's the do you change. Think, do you think it infected him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that what it was? Okay. Oh, that that happened. It happened quite a few times because it happened with Peters too. She, uh, she, they were pulling like the power or the uh, the, the air filtration <clears throat> yep. cores or whatever. Yep. And this she is like goes towards the end of the movie. Yeah. Right? She yeah, goes yeah. to walk out and then she turns around to look at the core one more time and then she thinks she sees her son run by. Yep. And then they do the same thing. They do oh, a close up of her okay. face and you see the ring of lights in her eyes. And mm-hmm. that's like it's yeah, it's kinda like that's when it infects you. Yeah. One of the one of the cool ways that they they described like what happened is is uh Sam Neill goes, uh or Doctor Weir, he goes he goes, This the ship entered the black hole as just a ship, but it came back alive basically it right. came back bring hell incarnate with it right so wherever it went to whatever alternate dimension whatever parallel universe <laughs> um wherever it went to it brought it back with it and the ship was essentially alive at that point like the, the, the it, it had taken on a life of its own this could have actually been uh so what was um hellraiser bloodlines yeah this could have been a better version of Hellraiser Bloodlines, it even though we kind of like Hellraiser yeah, Bloodlines, but this could have I been. Like, I like to think of it as um, they exist in 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 different realities. However, this movie crossed over into the Hellraiser world and brought and brought the, the spirit of Cenobite back yeah. with it. Because at the end of the movie, after Doctor Weir gets completely taken over, yeah. he looks like a Cenobite. Like his skin's all scarred up, or whatever. He's slashed and yeah, cut. And there's badass. symbols all over him. Like mm-hmm. he's crazy looking, and his eyes are uh, his eyes are jabbed out at one point. Uh, in time. When he comes back looking totally like a Cenobite, Cenobite, his eyes are back. Yeah. But uh, when he first... Well, his eyes are like sewed shut at one point in time, too. Yeah, Because like, he, he, he claws his eyes out and doesn't need sight. And he's like, he literally looks like a Cenobite. Like, I, I don't know I how else to say it. I love that part because he's, uh, he's hallucinating that he's with his wife. And she apparently killed herself. And uh, and, and he's kind of like reliving that moment in, yeah. in the room with her. And then he's down on the floor crying and she's all of a sudden standing in front of him. And uh, and she says you're here with me now and blah 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 and then she goes to like kind of cradle his head and then she just pops her thumbs into his eye sockets yep, yep. and then back in the real world you see his eyes just start to spurt blood and he's completely eyeless from there on out yeah it, and it's a really go- really cool sequence after he goes in and he kills uh, who's he killed DJ mm-hmm. that's when he hangs him up from the hooks on yeah, the and, about and he there, sews yeah. the opening the openings in his face shut mm. and then when they see him on the bridge later and he like spins his chair slowly he's just kind of like slumped over but when you first see him with his eyes sewn shut yeah. man that's yeah. such a cool part this uh this whole sequence reminds me of my favorite videos on next videos <laughs> Wait, what? 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 Let's, let's rewind it here. Come on, James. <laughs> no, um, yeah, you know, it's 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 awesome. Like it, it, he comes back looking totally badass. He's basically like a part of the ship now. It's like the life force of the ship was in him almost. Right. Is what it seemed like. It's almost as if like the spirit took over the ship looking for a host, and he found its host in Dr. Weir. Well, That's for good of... reason, because he's the one that designed and built the yeah, thing. So exactly, it's like, exactly. it's like mama found Papa and now they're back together. And, uh, I, I love the part. There's the interaction on, in the, um, the, the big like hall chamber mm-hmm. that connected the front of the ship to the back of the yep. ship. And, uh, and Miller's saying, you know, we, we need to get out of here. We need to get back home. And then you just, this is when you really see Sam Neill, like Brain. when he's when he's about to change uh uh weir 
he uh, Fishburne's like, we need to get back home. And then he just kind of looks at him and goes, I am home. And then he ducks back into the shadows. <clears throat> oh, and you're like, awesome. oh, shit, here they we go. They shit's about to go down. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so good. Uh, every Everything about this movie was awesome. It really was. There's a final fight at the end between Sam and Larry. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just first name basing first this name now. Basis, you know, yeah. uh, th- th- there's a big fight between them. Did you notice that the sound effects were essentially Mortal Kombat sound effects? Were they? <laughs> they really were. It was like, get over here. Maybe not the last part, but like, it, it was legitimately Mortal Kombat sound sound effects. And I feel as though this might have been a, th- a callback to Paul Anderson's first movie, which sure. was Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. That's my general feeling. Is was just a quick callback to that. That's what I think. I, but I'll, it absolutely I'll jump was on board with that with you. It absolutely was that. Did you uh, did you notice going back to the part when he first turns around in the the chair on the bridge, and uh, and uh, uh, Miller says, "What happened to your eyes?" and he says something, and I was like, "That was like a Back to the Future <laughs> reference." He says, "Where we're going." We won't need eyes to oh, see. Oh, yeah, yes. I just... <laughs> it's like roads. Where we're going, we I, I don't do, need roads. I do remember that, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was... Um, I, was it... Inten- it had to have been intentional, right? Uh, I, I mean, this know, movie maybe. came out well after Back yeah. to the Future, so it, like, it had to have been. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Who quotes a line like that? It he, The way he delivered it sounded almost exactly the way yeah. Doc Brown well, delivers it. Where we're going, we don't need eyes, eyes to see. Like, it's, it's like, come <laughs> on. Like, it's, now, there is, there is, so the original cut of this film. Yeah, so the original cut of this film was 30 minutes longer. Yeah. Got the dreaded NC-17 rating. Which uh, obviously what, they had to change. What pissed me off? It said it said that test audience. So there was two test audiences and the studio balked at the finished product because it was too violent. I'm like, what? Yep. what? Why? Shut well, up! One of the things that we haven't really touched on are the parts that I thought were extremely Clive Barker esque mm-hmm. and especially Hellraiser esque. Yeah. And that they would get flashback. The characters would get flashbacks and see on screens and, and in their head. Of like people legitimately getting tortured. Not it flashbacks, was, was, really. They were uh, a peek like, into like the was, other dimension. Yeah, it was what happened to the old crew. Mm-hmm. It was what happened to the crew on the Event Horizon before, uh, or, or while they were over in this other universe, right. whatever it was. And it's super brutal yeah. and graphic and just crazy. Like, mm-hmm. I, I I watched it a little bit slowed down in in, in slow mo, and. and it's gnarly, dude. Like it, it if, even for even for like a Hellraiser movie, it would be gnarly as shit. Like yeah. it's just, but it's Clive Barker all the way. Like, yeah. I, I guarantee you that these were what he had a had a hand in. They had to have been because it feels. And there was it just probably feels like and there Clive was Barker. probably way more of that stuff. There too, was. That there's got a ton. There's a ton of violence. Ton more gore. Ton of everything else. Uh, I found a website online on uh, denofgeek.com that actually breaks down uh, what you didn't see. Um, and so I'm going to, I'm just going to read this paragraph because it gives you a good idea of what we missed out on. Yeah, go for it. It says, uh, effects supervisor Dave Bunnywell, uh, or Bonnywell, Bonnywell, 
uh, has described that uh, his time in shooting the sequence and some of the gruesome details that didn't make it. Deleted shots included a female crew member who had her mouth held open by clamps while a crazed guy performed amateur dentistry by drilling screws into her teeth. Oh, damn. Uh, another unlucky chap uh, has had his legs smashed apart by steel bars and crawls away, leaving parts of them behind, while another crew member had her breasts torn off. Ooh. Uh, the scene also included more cannibalism and sex with adult performers being hired to simulate the, well, intense intensity of the scene <laughs> uh the director realized most of it probably wouldn't be used but filmed it regardless yeah um but it's, like it's funny he filmed it... a lot of shit so that he could pick what to put in yeah and none of it really made it except for a couple flashes here and there which su- which sucks because i you know with this is a horror movie podcast we want to see this stuff yeah absolutely and, and it's funny because that stuff didn't pass back in the 90s but nowadays it's pretty run-of-the-mill yeah, for a lot of horror movies, you yeah, know what I mean? That would probably well nowadays like, they would just release it unrated. Sure. Because they can do that. Right. And this was also this was in the era of when, you know, you didn't get a lot of movies that had those uncut versions released. Mm-hmm. You know, they did they didn't happen. And unfortunately, the thirty minutes of footage is pretty much lost at this point. Um ironically enough, due to bad archiving, like so they went around, so it's a very interesting story actually paul anderson and uh whoever else tried to find the footage which was scattered across the globe sort of like which is really weird yeah um there was some of it that was like in a, a salt mine in transylvania what i'm not kidding you like, you can't fucking make this shit up <laughs> now i know that the old salt mines though are used for storage because you can temperature control them pretty dry. easily and they're it's dry, a dry and... atmosphere yeah. so i know that they do that but like it's just so weird that part of this film the the deleted scenes ended up in an old salt mine in transylvania like That's that really just is, you almost can't even make that up and Guard, if you did guarded they... guarded by dracula right weird <laughs> um but the, the they were it was all over the place there was a vhs copy that that they found too. The problem is though, is that because the quality was so bad on all these these things and archiving was so terrible, mm-hmm. none of the footage is usable. They can't even use it to make it better. That sucks. So unless there's a copy of it somewhere that no one knows about that gets found, basically the unrated copy of this movie is never going to be seen, mm-hmm. which is really upsetting because I really want to see it. You know, I feel in this day and age, they would have kept everything on purpose Absolutely. to put out that unrated version of it, you know? Right. Uh, unfortunately, we're never going to get it. At least it doesn't sound like it, which blows. Yeah. But uh, that's... What are you going to do? But the yeah. finished product that we did get, regardless of whether or not you got all that extra brutality... It's fantastic. It's so, it's so cool. I love this movie. Yeah. It's, I, like, like I said at the beginning of this, if you haven't seen it, go out of your way to see it. Like It's a it's a really, really solid movie. And the nice thing is you, you don't really have to go out of your way to see it because it's on Hulu. It's on Hulu and uh, Amazon Prime Video. So if you have an Amazon membership, or Prime membership, that is. There you go. You can watch it right there. Mm-hmm. So, cool. So yeah, look it up. Uh, we, we all enjoyed it. Would highly, highly recommend it. So uh, <sighs> get on it. Is that it for Event Horizon? Then? That's the one. All right. So uh, so next up, we're going to talk about a movie called Burning Bright. Yeah. The kitty of the space kitty. The kitty of the space kitty. Maybe not I, so much uh, of a kitty as much as it is a killer a giant evil, tiger. A giant evil tiger. But, you know, as, as described by Meatloaf, if you uh, if you couldn't pick out that voice at the beginning of the the, the episode, that was Meatloaf describing. It was hard to tell without him going, and I would do anything for love. 
But I won't do that. No. <laughs> no, I won't do that. Um, Bad Out of Hell 2. Bad the, Out of Hell 2? That's the jam. That is the jam. I said I said this to you while we were um, while we were watching this movie, or after we watched this movie. If this is it's off topic and on topic at the same time. You know how VH VH1. I don't know if they still do this anymore, but they used to put out um, not behind the music, but they Pop-up would do video. They would do like biopics of of uh, of popular artists. Oh yeah yeah yeah. They they had a uh, they had one about Meatloaf that I watched back in like 2004. It is so damn good. I saw a documentary about Meatloaf on the Food Network once. <laughs> was it Elton Brown? I don't know if it was the same one, but... Uh, <laughs> was it also so damn good? <laughs> listen, so damn good. It, listen, that man has never looked more delicious in his life, mm. is all I'm saying. His name is Robert Paulson. <laughs> Robert uh, Paulson? <laughs> that's from Fight Club, Jackass. Who, who makes... Who changes the name, though? He goes, you know what? I pick a stage name. Meatloaf. <laughs> it's, who comes up with that that's what i want to know it's described in in this biopic that i'm talking about oh, why he why he chose that do you name remember, do you remember i cannot why remember why but uh oh, that's upsetting his his real name is michael lee a day michael a day it's not quite as catchy as meatloaf i'll give no, that no not at all meatloaf baby all right what a oh, man that guy's got some pipes <laughs> Okay, so Burning Bright from uh, 2010, directed by Carlos Brooks. Um, he doesn't have a whole lot of other stuff to uh, his name, unfortunately, no. but uh, hopefully he will because this movie was fucking awesome. Yeah, I liked it. It is a thriller centered on a young woman and her autistic little brother who are trapped in a house with a ravenous tiger during a hurricane. And if that sounds like the most batshit crazy synopsis, it's because it is. Sort of is, yeah. <laughs> kind of is. I mean, there's reasons for all of it. If you just read that synopsis, you'd be like, what the hell? I need to see here. that, which is exactly what we said. Yeah, well, I saw I saw a single scene from this movie, and it you was, sh- and you showed it to me as well. I was down the YouTube rabbit hole one night, and suddenly I came across this thing: burning bright uh, laundry shoot scene, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" And I watched it, and I was like, "Damn, that movie looks cool." And then I showed it to Mike, and he's like, "Damn, that it movie was looks intense. Cool. Like it was a really intense scene. Probably the, the most intense scene of the was. movie, though. In all fairness, so that was a little bit of a. a it kind of sucked already knowing that scene, because I think that was probably the most intense scene of the movie. I mean, in my the, the whole movie though was pretty intense. I I thought. Well, it was. I'm just saying, it was the best scene. And this movie does a lot. <clears throat> this movie does a lot with a little. You've got just two people in a house. With a tiger, and it's, it's I mean, essentially Grant, a home Grant, invasion a, movie with a tiger. Exactly, no, it is. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Yeah, and uh, and and that's. Uh, I mean, if you if you don't think that two people in a house with a tiger is a recipe for a good movie, then there's something wrong with you. Um, so basically, you have this uh, uh, this this young girl. She's supposed to be 18 in the movie, right? Because uh, she's yes, she's uh, she's college age. Yeah, she's she's about ready to go to college. Uh, she's played by um, Brianna. Uh, Evigan. 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 Uh, who you would know from Step Up the Streets. Step Up to the Streets. Yeah. Yeah. Which we're big fans of here at the Buzzkill Podcast. Well, we're big fans of hers. Oh, is for, that what it is? For certain reasons. I Mostly just because well, she's... she's, a- she's real <laughs> ugly. Um, put that out there. Uh, <laughs> it, it also features uh, Garrett Dillahunt as the, the stepfather Johnny. Johnny. Jo- uh, if you don't Johnny. Know, if you don't know that name, you would... Uh, for horror fans, you would know him. He played Krug in the uh, the remake of 
Last House on the Left. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, no shit. That was okay. another question we had in Slash Cards yep. the other night. Okay. And also, uh, Charlie Tahan, who plays Tom Taylor, uh, Kelly Taylor's little brother. Who who did not have an easy role to play. No. Did not have an easy role to play. No. Um, and I think that he was pretty damn effective with it. No, I th- yeah, and, I and, thought and he did a really did, good job. What's what's weird is that when you when you tackle roles of any kind of 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 like mental challenges or or what have you, mm. it's really it's really difficult to make it um, be- not only believable but not like. Well, some people. So, so you know what I'm trying to say. So like, he, it's, he it's, played uh, he played a a twelve year old autistic boy. Yeah. And, like... It, it can go off the rails very easily and very quickly well, with almost, some actors, is, is all I'm saying. With some actors or some movies, they treat, whether it be autism or uh, or Asperger's, or which is autism still. Well, yeah. But it can almost become caricature-ish. Yes, that was the word I was trying to find, and I couldn't you know what find I mean? it. Thank you for finding it for me. But I thought that they, they, did, a, they did a pretty good job with this. Um... I've never actually talked about this on the show, but my son is actually autistic. Mm-hmm. So, I whenever whenever I see <clears throat> movies where there's an autistic character, granted, you know, there's a saying in in the autistic uh, parent community. community is it's if you've ever met one autistic child, then you've met one autistic child because every case is completely different from yeah. from the rest. You I know, mean, there's certain there's certain like 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 things that are are that they carry on. Like there's certain like uh the, like like uh behavioral things that you know they share. Sure. But they're very different. Right. Like you know it's, it's like it's like it's like yes they, they they do this but they all do that one thing very differently. Right. You know what I'm saying like well, it's, there's it's, there's yeah. got to be there's got to be certain uh certain uh, like parameters within the diagnosis to mm-hmm. to you know because i've said to you before there's uh my son goes to aba every single day and there's kids at his aba who if you didn't know like you wouldn't even you wouldn't even know they were autistic yeah. like some kids are 100 percent conversational and well, uh there's a reason they call it the spectrum because it's right. a very wide spectrum exactly yeah um so although my son is very different from what you see in this movie as mm-hmm. far as as far as his uh like where he sits on the spectrum yeah. i thought that like i have been around other kids who are similar to this boy in in this movie mm-hmm. and uh and it, it's pretty accurate yeah. like i i thought he did a really good job the 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 frustration levels i thought were very accurate too like it's, it's very simple things that can just kind of set him off oh, it has sure. to be exactly like like we were talking about it's funny we there's a part where she's making him lunch and she makes a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and we were both about ready to, to fucking crucify this woman because she spread the jelly on top of the peanut butter. Yeah, she put the peanut butter on oh, one slice of bread. No, no. You, and fucking, then... you fucking do the peanut butter on one side, <laughs> you do the jelly on the other side, and then you smash it together. You but, do not spread jelly over peanut butter. But then we stopped to think, like, Sorry, well... rant over. But then we stopped to think, like, there's, you know, uh, like, certain... Uh, Children with autism like things a very specific yep. way. There's certain things that well, my son likes it, a very specific it, way. She globbed it in the middle to where it was only part of the very center, only and then the cut middle. it into nine pieces, and then put and a so toothpick in one, each one. Yep. So like when when we first go, who put? No, why do you put the peanut butter and jelly on one slice? And then we go, oh, this is probably how he. This is how he prefers it. And at that point, it became completely okay. You know. Exactly. Um, exactly. It's like it's like oh. Well, that makes sense. Right. Right. 
Totally and sense. they have their they have their rituals. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of a, a commonplace thing in the autism community is they have their <clears throat> rituals and, and and things that they like to stick to. Yep. Totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um so anyway, getting getting back to the story, he uh, the stepfather. So it's uh is he the stepfather to both of the kids? Yes. Yes. So he he married uh the mother of these two children. The mother you find out later in the movie committed suicide mm-hmm. and kind of left both of these kids in the care of the stepfather but let's be honest basically the sister was taking care of the brother and the stepfather didn't give a shit about it remind anything. me uh at the end of this mm-hmm. i have a theory about something okay just remind me of my theory okay okay i probably won't so try to remember yourself <laughs> I, I i it's written down so if i can't read <laughs> okay. but you know even uh even though they only showed him in in a bar scene at the at the one time, mm-hmm. um, I kind of got the idea that he was that, you know, uh, stepfather that was the drunk and abusive to them, and and like that's the kind of uh, persona. Maybe not necessarily like physically abusive or anything like that, but very he just, much verbally, just though. like apathetic too. Like he seemed like he didn't. There was even a line later in the movie where he's um, he's talking to Kelly. And saying, and, and they're talking about her mother uh, committing suicide, mm-hmm. and he says some some awful thing like, you know, your mother's not the only one that wanted out. Yeah. Which I was just like, fuck you, yep. man. That's some bullshit. Yep. Um, so, I mean, you could just tell he wasn't good to them, I guess. Right, yeah. yeah exactly. Oh, yeah. Well, he, he basically, I mean, like, <laughs> that, that's, a big, that's a big plot point is uh, the very beginning of this movie is Kelly, which this, the whole beginning of this movie kind of broke my heart, honestly. Uh, it's it opens up with Kelly taking Tom to it looks like a center where he's going to be care, cared for, but he's going to have to live there while she's at college. And she and she, she wants had, she wants to put him there though because she doesn't want to leave him with the stepdad. Exactly. And she had a certain amount of money set aside. Uh, well, actually, it was her mother's money, yep. and she went to go put him in the center so that she could go off to college, and the money was all gone. Yep. And it turns out because the stepfather had taken all that money and bought this damn tiger. Which you, which you heard in the opening right. uh, clip this week. Because he wanted to turn his house into a safari house or something. Well, stupid, well, stupid idea. That's what you think he wants to do. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's wink, a little more wink, sinister wink. than that, actually. <laughs> but, so, uh, so basically, she's trying to figure out the whole movie, like what, what she's going to do with Tom, like mm-hmm. how's... Who's gonna care for him? The stepdad's like, just leave him with me. Yeah, it's like, and and it, no. There's one scene toward the beginning where uh, he's talking to Tom and he's really like talking down to him and being really demeaning, and you can tell that there's no way he would know how to properly no. care for a kid with autism. He just, he just, and I, and I don't mean this in an offensive way, but like, he just looks at him like he's stupid. He, yeah, like exactly. he just, it's like, it's like this is a fucking kid's dumb. Get him out of my fucking right. Room. You know, like, and, and that's and it, it's not offensive to say that because yeah, that's how he was the, treating yeah, him. But it exactly. was, but it was offensive the way he was acting because exactly. he was being just a, a yeah, just a complete awful person yeah Um, he's a giant piece of shit especially when you realize what happens later on in the movie exactly oh god this guy is he's not even like the you know the uh the triceratops that was sick in jurassic park and they go and they like they they shove their hand into the giant pile of shit that's That's that guy that's a giant he's he's that he's 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 the pile of shit shit. yep and and then and then jeff goldblum uh makes cameo in this movie and he walks in he goes it's a big pile of shit 
uh, 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 life uh, finds a way. <laughs> Which it did in this movie. It did. Um, so you see, so they're they're battening down the hatches on this house. He's got a bunch. So of, was there was a hurricane coming. Yeah, he's got a bunch of people uh, boarding up all the windows for the like for the oncoming hurricane. But the last thing that you see uh, as Kelly and Tom are going to going to sleep. You see the hands of somebody like hook the the hook into the front of the cage and pull it right up to the front yep. door, and then you see the the cage open. Yep. So you're like, what the hell is going on see, here? See, I thought for, I thought when when I first heard about this movie, I thought that it was like, well, it's a hurricane, so obviously something happened and the cage got opened, right? And the tiger just got loose. That's kind of what I thought too. So this is a big this is a big twist to me. Like it was not Ooh, what, what I was expecting twist. at all. You mm-hmm. know. Um, so that was, that was, I mean, it was cool knowing I got, well, it wasn't cool knowing that somebody wanted to kill somebody on purpose <laughs> with a tiger, but it was, it was definitely, like I said, it was, it was different than what I thought it was going to be. It know? was essentially, it was a hit job. Yeah. Like that's, that's what it was meant to be. And that, that brought it to a whole different level. Yeah. I mean, it's, so it's, I, I said that this was very much like a home invasion yeah. movie earlier. Yeah, totally. Um, it's just like, you know, the front door was open and the cat burglar came in. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so, so Kelly wakes up, um, <clears throat> Kelly wakes up and, and she's just, you know, she's disheveled. She just had a really terrible nightmare. At what time was this? Um, <laughs> there was a, there, there was some weird discrepancies about the time in this movie because she wakes up at like 6, 18 a.m. And then the next thing, like, she walks down, She's she, like, gets a drink out of the fridge, and then she's looking for the stepdad, and then all of a sudden she sees, she goes to walk up the stairs, and she mm-hmm. sees the tiger walk by downstairs, and she's like, shit, shit, shit. And then it cuts to the she step... She reacts way better than I would have. <laughs> well, yeah. Are you kidding she's me? Re- if I, if I, she's if very I came calm downstairs about it at first. and there was a tiger in my house, I'd be... I, first off, I'd be shitting myself. Secondly, she, she kind of did that. <laughs> shit, shit, shit. <laughs> I think she actually said that, didn't she? Uh, maybe. Um, but then it cuts to the dad sitting in a in a bar that is just absolutely hopping. I'm like, it's like seven in the morning. What <laughs> yeah, are all these people doing? The, at the neon p- lights are going. <laughs> yeah, and, and the, the the sheriff the, the, is there. The county sheriff is there, just getting drunk. And but then we realize, oh, it's it's a hurricane. So people. You can either you can either board yourself up in your house or go have a few cold ones and ride it out at the bar, which is honestly probably what we would do. Some so. hurricanes are three days, but I guess that's three days of drinking. Three at the days bar. of drinking, yeah, exactly. We, He's just there with all of his uh, bud ease. <laughs> beer reference. Was that a beer reference? Yeah, can I get a Bud Light? Oh sure. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, the tiger's name, by the way, did the tiger have a name in the movie? No. The tiger's actual name is Katie. Uh, oh. It was actually pay- played by three different tigers. Oh. Okay. Katie, Shika, and Kismet. Oh, okay. What? Um, one of the cool th- stripes were different. I, I like the. <laughs> I thought that there was there was a bit of a continuity error error with the uh, stripe pattern there. <laughs> Damn tigers! Uh, I love the fact that they did actually film with a real tiger. Now, yeah. granted, now, granted, the actors and actresses never had anything to do with the tiger, right. which 
sometimes was blended better than others. There's a couple times where like they were trying to set up a scene where the tiger was like, uh, for example, reaching through a wall, like yeah. it was breaking through a wall, and like it's like the compositing didn't look the greatest. Right. Like it was a little bit wonky. But what are you gonna do? Like I mean, this is a, this is a smaller like indie movie. Like they they, they have their limitations right. in what they can and can't do. I think that I think that it was effective for what they could do. Um, if this was like a big budget movie though, like what was that uh, the Life of Pi? For that movie where the, it was a tiger trapped on a boat with a guy. Yeah, I never actually saw that. I never saw it either, but I remember seeing clips from it though, and it, it looks incredible. Yeah, it looks like, really good. And it's like when you have that kind of money behind it, you can do that. This mm-hmm. is like a said, a smaller indie movie. The fact that it looked as good as it did most of the time was really incredible. Like I, I, they did a really, really good job of making this movie. Yeah, and on, on IMDb, they're they don't I mean, they typically have the budget on IMDb and it's not even on here so yeah. it had to be pretty minuscule see I didn't six, catch six bucks <laughs> six dollars <laughs> pack of smokes and a <laughs> stick of gum see I didn't I didn't even catch that like in the wall scene because yeah. I, I wasn't looking for it so I went into this movie completely blind I didn't read the synopsis I didn't read anything about it yeah. um, so I was you're just lucky trying to that enjoy, you can watch enjoy movies it for that, what it was you're you know? lucky that you can still watch movies like that I can't do it I, I, I literally, I cannot do it. What do you mean? Like, I'm always, it doesn't matter if I'm into the scene or not. Very rarely am I watching a movie where the scene is just so overtaking that I'm just so mentally involved in it. It's mm-hmm. it's very rare. Yeah. A lot of times when I'm watching movies, You're looking I'm, at the details. I'm ripping it apart. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's partly because, and I think anybody who's been in this position will tell you the exact same thing. If you've ever been a part of the process of making movies, which I oh, have been. Oh, here we go. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, <laughs> the second that you work and get a peek behind the curtain, yeah. you never view a movie the same again. You yeah. just don't do it because you know exactly what's going on. You're trying you to figure out like made, how they know. did the shot or you know how yeah. they did the shot, so you're paying attention to the details and yes. stuff. Yes, and, yeah. and, and it, it can it can honestly ruin the way that you watch movies. And, and I'm not alone in this. I'm not saying that I'm not saying, oh, I worked on movies. That has, that, that's not what I'm trying to say. I, it's just, it really does do that, though. I still, I mean, I haven't, like, I did some acting and, like, some small things yeah. that we did here, but I still, I still look at details like that, but I can also turn my brain off if I need yeah, to I and can't. just watch a movie for that's, what it is. That's how I am with it, too. Yeah. But see, I'm like how Mike is when it comes to music stuff because yeah. I, I work on music exactly. you know, all the time. Um, so I'm always going, oh, what did the engineer do on this? You know, what kind of microphone was this or whatever. I'm, always, I'm, always oh, the... I'm Justin. I work on music, guys. <laughs> Here we go. But, 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 uh, but I enjoy it even more so in the fact that I go, oh, that's a really cool trick they did. I love right. how they did this. Yeah. Right. You know, Which I you... can do that, too. Ex- exactly. I, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. It's just weird, though. It's it, And then stuff like that, though, I, I see that stuff, though. It's like clear as day. It's almost because I'm looking for it, though. Right. And I, and I have a hard I, time not looking for I it. I love looking for it, so. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, so basically you have, you have this situation now that the, uh, you find out that the stepdad has contrived. Yes. Uh, you get that, you get that very sense from pretty early on in the movie. That's not really a big secret. Yeah. Um, you don't really know why yet, but cause, uh, Kelly goes to leave the house and you know, if your house is boarded up for a hurricane, you don't board the front door shut too. Yeah. Do you? I don't know. Uh, not probably not. Door. Well, <laughs> so I, I would imagine those doors down there, especially you get them installed to where they're a lot more heavy duty than they probably are up here. Uh, apparently, apparently not heavy, heavy duty wood door. Apparently not the interior doors though, unless that was just a strong ass tiger. 
Which I mean, tigers are strong, but he, strong. he ripped through those. No, listen, I have hollow doors except in my house. So. Except for that closet door. That <laughs> oh was just my like God. a little thin oh. balsa wood slotted thing that it took him like an hour to get through. <laughs> that was the one problem. Like, how many how many times did he come busting through a door that was seemingly a, a solid door? Yeah. And then there was the one door that he had trouble getting through, which was the tiger a, a slatted closet door. <laughs> the tiger <laughs> busted through an entire wall of like plaster and other stuff there. or no no the girl, she busted the girl the busted through a wall it was plaster and the old school slotted um it's that wasn't like beams what do you call that the studs or whatever what was it the the, the 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 boards that go in between the studs there's a name there's a name for it. i forget what it's called but she busted through like the, the the plaster in the wall the drywall whatever it was the interior of it and then out the other side all before a fucking tiger can't get through a little closet slotted door. And with like a 16-inch jimmy. It wasn't even yes. a crowbar. It was like a like a, oh, like don't a spy get me, bar. Don't get me started on that damn crowbar. Why? She's trying to find her way out of the house the entire time. And then she suddenly finds a crowbar. And we're like, and then she, yes. And we're like, yes, she's got a crowbar. Go use it on the windows. But, Go use it on the door. But and then she were... throws it at the tiger as if it's going to do something. <laughs> but they were they were they were screwed in from the outside. How I mean, it would be pretty tough to price oh, yes. pry no. screws out no. from the inside. No. You so stick that easy. thing down on there and pull it towards yeah. you, and it pops that wood right off. Really? Man. Yeah. Well, you guys got to keep in mind that I have like these noodle arms, so I don't know if I'd be able to do it or not. <laughs> we'll have to teach you a thing or two about breaking out of houses. Yeah, yeah, or guys, breaking or breaking into them. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. Um, um, so, uh, so, so anyway, um, they 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 get in these situations too. Which she's, I mean, not only is she having to run from this tiger, yeah. but also uh, she's uh, protecting her son she's, or her brother. She's protecting her brother, but he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't fully comprehend what's going on he doesn't grasp the situation i think as well as she does <laughs> I, I think he i think he comprehends that there's something wrong but he doesn't it's it's like the danger to him isn't really you know it's not pinging yeah, the way yeah. that it is with her there's, so there's, there's one part where she's frantically trying to get away from the tiger and he sits down at the table and just wants breakfast right like he's just very he's he's in that mode it's, it's morning I need breakfast. And that like, was one of the parts that I actually liked that, you know, like, because we were talking about earlier, some sometimes with, you know, with a lot of autistic kids or mm -hmm. even autistic adults, your rituals are, you know, like you, you do this at this time, you do this at this time. Mm -hmm. And he's, yep. he sits down at the table. She's running around the kitchen trying to find something to protect them. And he's sitting at the table saying, I want to eat, Yep. you know, and I it's. I feel as though I know your son well enough mm -hmm. to to say that that scene played out exactly the way it would in real life. Like he's used to getting what he's getting. Yet I think that if you gave your son a candy bar for breakfast, he'd be happier <laughs> than a pig in shit. Yeah. Like he'd be so happy he would not put up a fuss about it whatsoever. <laughs> because she still fed him at that point. Yeah, she, he was like, she's I need to eat now, and she's like, though, oh, the tiger's in the next room. Here's some food. She, but, she but said, she said it's new breakfast. Yeah, and she but just even though him a candy it bar. wasn't what he was used to, he'd probably have a hard time with that anything that wasn't that but the fact that you put a candy bar in front of him he was like yep that's good <laughs> well and, and my son's not like he's not super ritualistic like that mm -hmm. so he's like they're they're in this situation he wouldn't be sitting at the table saying i want to eat right now no. like he's pretty he's pretty cool with adjusting his schedule to things so but i'll be honest like there were it was i was thinking about this when we saw a quiet place yeah and that's kind of one of the things that ran through my head the because you know you put yourself in that situation. One of the things that ran through my head when we were watching Quiet Place is how could I ever do this? How could I ever survive this situation with my son? Yeah. Because it's not like he's it's 
like when he wants to say something, he's gonna say it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or when he wants to do something, he's gonna do it. Like it would be, it would be, it would be hard. Uh, it'd be a little bit easier now, but like back a couple of years ago, it'd be kind of hard to describe to him like, "Hey, we have to be deadly quiet, or yeah. these monsters are gonna kill us all." You know what I mean? Yep. That's yep. one of the things that kind of runs through my head as I'm watching these types of movies sometimes. And she did a pretty good job by. She knew that's like she knew in the movie, uh, some of the things that would keep him calm, and a lot of the things had to do with his his mom. Like she would, she, he found a he found a dress that he really gravitated toward and yeah. toward, and it, like it made him think of his mom. So he liked to kind of hold it, and and she knew there were a couple times where, like at one point in time, she wanted to go, him to go hide in a closet, but he didn't want to, so she just kind of threw the dress in there, and he <laughs> followed it in yep. there. And I was like, it seems, it, it it seems like to an outsider that might seem like a kind of a bad thing to do, but. In that situation, when you're when you're dealing with a, a child who's... You do what works. Yeah, you do what works. One of the yeah, things I thought... Life or death, man. Life huh? or death situation. Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally. I think one of the things, too, that was maybe a little bit of an unsung thing in this movie that got right... I, I almost wonder if the writer of this movie has an autistic person in their life mm -hmm. that maybe they wrote this inspired by. Yeah. Um, because the way that she reacts to having to care for her brother mm -hmm. i think i thought was pretty realistic too like she gets frustrated like oh yeah there's parts where like you know like she's giving up her life and going to college because she's has to care for her brother mm -hmm. and you can you can tell how frustrated she is and she grabs a pill and just starts screaming into it because she doesn't know what to do she knows that that she has to take care of him you know and, but, but meanwhile, but she's she, got. One meanwhile, of the, she's letting her whole life kind of pass her she's by. She's got one like of the administrators it. from college because uh, you find out she's got some kind of uh, scholarship scholarship lined yep. up, and the administrator from the college, who clearly knows nothing about child care for an autistic child, is just saying, "You need to do what you got to do. Just leave him, leave him with your stepdad, and he'll be fine. And you just you need to take this money and come to college. Yeah, and it's yeah. just like you don't." Stand, man. Yep, and there's and there's, there's other parts where she legitimately starts like like she doesn't she gets short with him because she's frustrated yeah. in the movie. You know what I'm saying? It's it's very realistic. It's not like they were. It's not as though they were they were treating the the whole autism thing with kid gloves. Right. They treated it the way quite you frankly, the way you would real. in a situation yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing that I didn't like was in the beginning when she's trying to um leave him at the the care facility or whatever. Mm -hmm. It seemed like a nice enough place. But the, the, there's something the woman said that I thought was a little off, mm -hmm. and that is that like, basically she looks at the sister and she goes, "Don't feel bad, don't don't feel bad if you have to bail. This is never going to get better." And this and like, and she said that, yep. and I go, "That's not fucking true. No. Like, it's not true right. at all. Like, right. I wouldn't want. I would not. Anybody who knows anything about autism knows that that's completely bullshit. Yeah. Like." Things can get better. Like it's it's. We actually had a come on. Like, we actually had a situation <laughs> when we were when we were first getting uh, my son diagnosed, and we were taking him in for evaluation. We took him somewhere else uh, before we took him to where we are now, which mm -hmm. is completely amazing. Um, we took him to this place, and we had a really bad experience with the woman with one of the women who works there, and it's like she works with children like this, and the way she treated him was like just did not sit right with us and it was kind of like that like oh, got it, another one like like that kind of attitude it like, was just she yeah. she it's hard to describe i would actually like 
I could talk to this, talk to you guys about this off the air, but it's really, it's, it's hard to describe how she treated him. That seemed so demeaning, but we were just like, no, fuck that. You can, you can go right to hell. And we took him someplace else and it ended up being way, way better for him. But there are people like that. It's people like, there are people like that who just think it's a job, you know? It's like they don't care about what they're actually dealing with. They just yep. think it's a job, and that's kind of I. They I felt no, this. I felt the same way that you did in the beginning they have of the no movie. No interest in the child, right? Yeah. And I got like I I almost I got kind of emotional at the beginning of this movie too because, uh, you start to think that like my son is very fortunate because he's got a, a whole family, two very supportive parents, a ton of supportive people in his life. Plus, he's in a program that's like, like renowned around the U.S. And then there are some people, there's some kids out there who don't get the care yeah, that they need yeah. and they don't have the type of parents who like bother to learn how to really care yeah. for him. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So I got or, a little or, emotional or at the beginning care. of the movie. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, but uh, basically you get to a point where they're running around the house the whole time. It's all very tense. Like they mm-hmm. did a pretty good job with kind of like taking... It's 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 kind of like you say you like you like thing you like movies that are based in one yeah. small location because yep. it really shows the the chops of a director yep. to be able to turn us like something small into something big mm-hmm. and the whole movie is really tense like yeah. there's a lot of really you want to talk moments. about tense I will say this there's one scene in particular if you're not going to watch the movie which I highly suggest that you do and if you plan on watching the movie don't do this but go online there's a scene online uh it it takes place in the uh the 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 clothes shoot yeah oh we were talking about this earlier yeah Yeah. it is one of the most intense scenes Mm -hmm. of the entire movie and it's so good and it'll make and if you do watch it it'll make you want to watch the rest of it but i will say this though if you want to watch the movie already don't spoil it for yourself right don't don't do that because it was one of the best scenes in the movie and also and also don't watch the trailer and and, the trailer sucks the trailer's oh it's terrible it's got like a really really cheesy voiceover. It's it's, it's trapped in a house with pure evil. Yeah, it's a really like it, bad it's, trailer. It, yeah, it's, I was like, how could you put out a how, how could you make a movie like this that was actually really good and then be satisfied with that had, trailer? Because they had no money left. <laughs> so they just put out this <laughs> shitty trailer. Um, yeah, don't do that. Don't watch the trailer. And don't watch that scene if you plan on watching it, like I said. No, but... yeah, just go, in, go into it blind because, Jay, you said you didn't know anything about this and you really ended up enjoying it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Um, I will say this. Um, the sister has bigger balls than I ever would because even though she knows there's a tiger running around her house, she has no problem just leaving rooms and walking around the house setting traps and doing whatever when there's a fucking tiger on the loose and she has no idea where it is. Well, she found out pretty quickly that this giant tiger can bust through doors. So it's like you can't really hold up in a room somewhere. You know what I mean? She also kept leaving doors open. Yeah, that was frustrating. Everywhere. It's like, close the the door. door. And leaving the gun sitting there on the counter when she tries to escape. She left her brother alone a couple times too. I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, she eventually found out that the tiger was only going to go after her. Like Meatloaf said in the beginning, the the tiger's gonna go after the prettiest one. Yeah, I don't like with the horse. She might have, yeah, she might have kind of gathered gathered that after That's a while. But I she really never knew that information. Right. But it it made sense within the confines of the story. It's like he really the tiger really only was no, going after she, her. I think she did realize though that the tiger wasn't going after him, and she's the only person there. 
Mm-hmm. So she knew that it was pretty much after her for whatever reason. I kind of right. got that at the scene where the brother was at the kitchen table, um, wanting to eat. Oh, yeah. And then the, the tiger skipped over him to come after her. Right. Um, and then I think after that, I kind of, I'm like, okay, she, she realizes that now. Yeah. And then was able to, I thought actually at one point she was going to use her brother as a shield because <laughs> <laughs> the tiger was right there. And I thought that she was like going to put the brother in front and the tiger's going to be like, oh, I don't uh, want no, him. Screw that. <laughs> yeah. And I want you. And then he's going to walk away. There was a really awful kind of moment at the end though, where she finally manages to get out of the house. She almost, yeah. She, she, yeah, she. Don't gets... give it away. Don't give it away. Don't okay. give it away. But All right. It's, it's a scene that we're just she like, gets... oh no, you're not going to. You're she not. She gets g- out yeah. of the house, and then she has like a series of uh, like kind of flash moments where you see other images on the screen that causes her to run back into the house. Yeah. But I was like, that that really kind of hit yeah. you. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Crazy. But she does. She ends up finding out that this whole situation was contrived by her, her stepdad. For specific reasons, and uh, we'll just kind of leave it at that. Yeah. So I will say this: though. there's one. There's, I have a theory about something here. Okay. Is this uh, what yes. I was supposed to remind yeah. you of? So in the beginning <laughs> of the movie, um, they make it a point to point out the fact that he doesn't like the color red. They're in. They're in the. the that Tom doesn't yeah. like the color Tom, red. Tom yeah. does not like the color red. Uh, it's one of his triggers. Mm-hmm. So when he sees something red, he kind of freaks out. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't ever go back to this in the entire movie until. And they might have shown this earlier. Actually, I'm pretty sure they did show it earlier, but it only clicked with me at the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, the dad, Johnny, his truck is red. Yeah. And I wonder if he doesn't like red because he associates the stepdad with this oh, red truck. I didn't even think and about that. And that's why he hates the color red. I didn't even think about and that. And also, there's a bottle of pills in the purse that Tom has from his mother. Mm-hmm. And I almost wonder if that's why he has the pills because Tom actually knew... That his stepfather. Spoiler. Oh, you you wanted me to keep the yeah, spoiler. Yeah, I know, I know, about I know. The other thing fine, about Johnny. Fine, fine. We'll say this. Well, fuck. Uh, no, well, so okay, we 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 get what you're saying. Yeah, like I wonder if that's all connected. Like, 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 like. Tom is very smart, and he knew exactly what happened. Oh yeah, and that's why he hated he hated Red because he hated his stepdad because he took his mother away. Yeah. That's my theory. Yeah, that's I I hadn't thought about it that way, yeah. but that's a really good point, actually. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. You but, didn't you didn't spoil that, so we we knew the mother was gone already. I yeah. mean, you might be able to put two and two together, so, but whatever. Yeah. It is yeah. What it is. You should have gone and this watched is, the movie. This is a spoiler before. podcast. Everyone <laughs> yeah. knows that. Okay. Come on. I'm, I'm trying here. I'm trying. Um. But, no. That's uh, that's a really good point, though. Yeah. We're gonna talk about that off the air a little bit more. Okay. But um, anyway, yeah, yeah I, th- I think that's pretty much it, that's right? Burning bright. Uh, Burning bright. It was a, it, like it's a sleeper. None of us had really heard of it until until I caught that random clip on YouTube. If you're wondering why it's called Burning Bright, it's it's uh, apparently based off of uh, um, William Blake. Is that yeah. what I said? Uh, yeah, a William, William Blake. Blake poem called Pub- Burning Bright. Published in what year, James? Uh, I don't know. Come on, give me a guess. Give me a guess. 1931. 1794. <laughs> you are way off. Yeah, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's it, right? There was uh, uh, is... there was one other thing that I noticed oh, when okay. watching when the because uh, that hurricane is going on outside all while all this hurricane of uh, an event is happening inside the house, right? Yeah. And then somewhere around the halfway point of the movie, it was it was a little bit past the halfway time mark. Mm-hmm. So around the halfway point of all this craziness starting. Mm-hmm. 
when the eye of the storm happened, which is like the middle of the the hurricane, you're halfway through it, you and know, it got bright. Right, and yeah. then it, you know, they calmed down outside for a minute, and then it started getting dark again, and that was kind of halfway through all the craziness of the movie that was going on. That's true. And they kind of like timed that midway through the, the timeline of the, the entire movie. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that either, but it really did coincide nicely. See, Mike, I die, in, I dissect things movie-wise when I'm watching. I'm like, oh, they they timed that right there with the. Yes, Jay. I got the brain. Thanks. <laughs> the brain thinks. Good, good timestamp. <laughs> Um, anyway, that's uh, that's burning bright. Yeah, uh, I highly uh, recommend this one too. I, These are two very good movies this week. Yeah, this definitely, week. I recommend both of them as well. So absolutely. Um, that's it, boys. That's it. Time uh, to uh, time to roll for next week. Oh, let's uh, see what's going on. Okay. So well, let me, um, you got your list pulled up? I got or you it. I'm okay. good. I'm good. All right, so we're going to roll for next week because obviously we still haven't put together our little wheel of death. The wheel of death is in the process. <laughs> I told Jay I had a really good idea. Quote, unquote, in the process, meaning we haven't started it yet. No, I did. Oh, you did? No, I, I started oh. it. I oh. bought the pieces. Oh, okay. I just got to put it together now. All right. <laughs> crafts weekend. That's, that's, that's what's coming up. You want to have a craft weekend? Yes. I'm making your dad's sheath this weekend, so. That's I'll find some that's cool ideas. terrible if people his, don't know what his, you're talking his, about. His cock sheath. You know what I mean. <laughs> his grandfather made that. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Roll the dice. All right. Roll the die. All right. So it's a number two, which means movie picks the beer. Movie picks the beer. So standard we, episode. Standard episode. We've already got a, a list compiled of yep. movie picks the beer. So this week we're going to do Flatliners and... The Lazarus Effect. Lazarus Effect. For a, a deader is better kind of uh, episode. Like, don't, don't fuck with the dead. Yeah. That's what we're saying. Yeah, just leave them alone. Let, so, <laughs> let a dead dog lie. I'm, I'm excited because I have not seen either of these movies. So, um, I mean, this is going to be the original Flatliners, not the not the remake. Not the Ellen Page remake. I tried to pitch we're James... OG. I tried to pitch James on a Flatliners... Uh, original slash remake episode when we were putting together this list. I shot it down. He shot it down because he has no interest in watching the remake. Not yet. I'm not there yet. <laughs> so maybe one day we'll get there. But uh, yeah, Lazarus Effect and Flatliners. Um, that's next on deck for uh, next week. So Yep, that's the one. Yeah, buddy. All right. So uh, if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at the Buzzed Kill PC. You can also find us on Google Play, iTunes, all that stuff. If you can leave us a comment somewhere, do so. And, and leave uh, us a rating. Leave us a rating. Of, but... of 17 Space Kitties. That's what I want. <laughs> Let us know if we're burning bright. <laughs> Oh, oh, <laughs> oh! If you want to find J. Raj, you can find me on all social media at Ocean Recording, and also check out www.oceanrecordingstudio.com for all your fantastic audio needs. Ooh, isn't stereo? I like that. <laughs> all right, John. Mono. All right, it's been, uh, uh, it's been fun. It's been lovely. Don't um, don't adopt a tiger because it ends badly. Yes. Moral of the story. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Try to have a good night. <laughs>